When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Tom Bernard Show with... Co-host Catherine Brandt. Andy Rampernard. And Mike Molina. Where'd Alex go? She just stepped out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. She just can't. Well, she was yeah, on no. time for the first hour. Did you expect her to be on time for the second oh, hour? True. Come on. We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show. Walzer Automotive Group started in Minnesota over 60 years ago. Most people know something about the Walzer way. Upfront, no haggle pricing, work with one person from start to finish, or the free lifetime powertrain warranty on most vehicles sold in Minnesota. What you might not know is they are the only automotive group that is a member of the Keystone Club. They join such great Minnesota companies as General Mills, Target, Cargill, the Twins, Wolves, and Vikings in pledging 5% pre-tax profits to local charities. It's a great example of their core values. Do the right thing, display positive energy, be open-minded, and lead by example. So if you're in the market for a new or used car, check out walzer.com or stop into one of their dealerships. Please don't say, tell them Tommy sent you, because it sounds fake and I hate it. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. So come on, Perry, come on and see your Then Diana Ross and the Supremes. That's then awesome. Diana Ross. Awesome band. Yep, she's 74 today. Is that all? Uh, no. That's surprising. The one time 
that I, I didn't meet her, but I was in the room she walked into, is at the old Met Center, and Diana Ross and the Supremes were appearing there. And we were backstage, just kind of hanging out in a holding area, uh, just schmoozing. And we didn't know she was going to come in. Uh, but all of a sudden, the doors swung open like <laughs> with, with gusto. And she comes in, and she's wearing a cape. And she looks around the room at all of us. And she whips the cape over her shoulder and goes, I love you all so much. And walks out. <laughs> What a diva move. That, oh, that was about as diva. That's a diva move. That was about as diva-like as I've ever I'm going to try that seen. next time I visit anybody. <laughs> yeah. See what happens. Yeah, that would be good, Catherine. That'd See be what right happens. At, that'd be right in your style right there. I'm going to do it when I leave the studio oh, later this afternoon. Job. I'm just going to swing that door open at the bottom of the stairs. I yes. like that. It's a good move. I love you all. <laughs> I love you all. Let me just leave. Everybody in the coffee shop. Then just walk away. Swing. You know, somebody told me this before, and I didn't believe them, but now I I cannot remember who told me this. Uh, holding plank, you know the plank position, right? Yep. Did Alex decide to come back, or she's coming right now? Oh, she, of course she is. But, you know, you know, talk about divas. But <laughs> anyway, moving forward. Uh, I'll wait until she sits down. I'm puts here. I'm here. I had on. to print off my letter to the U.S. government, Dad. Why, like Cardi B, you're upset about paying taxes? Uh, yeah, receipts? I am. With how much I owe okay. this year, yes, I will write them a letter. How can you owe any money? We take taxes out of your paycheck every I, month. We owe a lot of money. Something to do yeah. with Barrio. Well, I don't know. Uh, yeah, for some reason. Yep. What? Yeah. It's There's just like a big web of crap that we can't really talk about on right, the air. Well, you're going to have to talk to me about this because I don't know what you're talking about. I assume this is Dave. It is Dave. No, Good. Dave is on. Dave. Um, Hello. Okay, so here's the deal. Um, Alex, I wanted to ask you about this, and then we're going to talk to Dave about another issue. Um, holding plank. Do you do planks, Alex? Uh, it's from time to time. Uh, somebody told me this in the past, and I can't remember who, but holding plank for ever-increasing periods of time has become a staple of many gym classes. Fitness experts claim that staying at the top of a push-up builds core, strengthens back muscles, tones the arms, and teaches endurance. But one sports scientist suggests that holding the plank position for any longer than 10-second intervals is completely pointless. According huh. to Stuart McGill, Emeritus Professor of Spine Biometrics at the University of Waterloo in Canada, oh, wow. fitness fanatics will see greater gains from doing shorter holds, but do them more frequently. That's the one thing about working out that drives me nuts. Oh, this is really good for you. Yeah, then every, it turns out it does nothing. Every week, we have, everything is Changes. bad, and we yeah. have to do it a different way. It's like, can't you just figure out what works and you know go with that? Well, if, if you've got 400 million fitness magazines and 7 billion fitness blogs, if you yeah. just keep saying the same thing, yeah. then there's no reason to have a new guru or a new blog. So right. you have to deconstruct what everybody else is doing. I guess that's probably true. Yeah. So hold planks for 10 seconds and do it more times per day. There's a much... It's the initial clenching, I guess, that does all the work. Because once it's clenched, you don't move your muscles again. So I could see why it wouldn't work. Well, when you're when you're when you're doing something and your muscles are shaking, that's actually a good thing, right? 
Well, yeah, so that means moving. they're being pushed to yeah. their uh, yeah, yeah. Some because point. your muscles are being pushed. So if you hold, if I I can hold plank for ten seconds, it's not going to do anything. But if I try to hold it for a minute, I will start shaking. There you go. So to me, it's beneficial. There you have it. All right. So in any case, Darkness Dave is with us, Dave. So so what? I'm not good enough to ask about planking. You look at my round form and figure I know nothing of the word planking, good sir. <laughs> Why don't you settle down there? Sensitive flower. Yeah, you sensitive flower, you. No, I just, I, that's the one thing about working out that has always driven me nuts. This is really, really great. And it turns out it's nothing. People don't know what well, the hell they're talking about. Well, just because one, you know, whatever said yeah. it's not any good doesn't mean from, that it's not yeah. any good. Professor no. from Waterloo. Yeah. Waterloo. Waterloo, the University of Waterloo in yeah. Canada, Ooh. I'll have you yeah. know. Well, there you cool. Go. But it never made any sense to me to hold plank position forever because once your muscle is taut, then what? Well, you don't have to hold it forever. It's Nothing is good to do it forever. If I hold it's plank for 10 seconds, like tightening. like mom said, it's just like, oh, whatever, that was 10 seconds of planking. But if I do it for a minute, my body shakes and everything hurts and I start sweating and I'm like, dear God, get me out of this thing. Oh, so that's really good for you. Yep. Your body's okay, you were you, don't do you that. were a quote unquote power lifter, so you that's correct are the king of doing, doing stuff to make you uncomfortable. You. Yeah, so that's very true. Yeah, what do you mean quote unquote power lifter? You always say power She's a lifter. Power. <laughs> I know I would say power lifter every single time. <laughs> Listen, I have the destroyed hands to prove it. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I know. Listening to powerhouse KQRS. Yeah. Anyway. Let's talk to Dave about powerlifting. No, let's talk to him about... Dave wants to talk to us about something that we were talking about in the first uh, the first hour of the show. And, well, Dave, you and I have been talking a lot lately about, about crime, particularly crime in Minneapolis and St. Paul and the state of Minnesota, and about the fascination uh, of all these different things that have happened in Minneapolis that many people don't even know ever happened. Right. And right, and it it's been astounding to me. Everything from the weepy voice killer to the chloroform killer and, and beyond and the fact that there may be a, a serial killer that's currently at work in the Twin Cities and has been for according to some believers the last ten years okay. and leaving the bodies in broad daylight. So you you hear these things and it's just kinda of fascinating to me that we're not hearing more about this, and, and we're not getting more information on these stories. And that's exactly what we've been talking about lately. So basically, we've taken it upon ourselves to do a little investigating. And uh, the, the one that I, I look back, remember the guy who claimed to be Native American, and he even used to hang out at the Bears Den Bar on Franklin Avenue, claiming that he was Native American? Then they found out the guy, first of all, was not Native American. And when he would kill people, he would love to leave them on train tracks with a tree branch shoved up their butt. Remember that guy? Yeah. Sounds like something happened yeah. to him when he was a kid. Well, exactly. God. So I don't know what that was all right. about. But... You hear cases like that. And you, I mean, they're, they're so bizarre. And like Andy said, obviously, there's something broken in that boy from a very early age. <laughs> no but, doubt. But uh, these cases are weird. And, you know, the one I was just talking about, this, this potential serial killer that's been on the run for the last 10 years, um, a lot of the bodies have been found around train tracks. So it seems a popular dumping ground, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't know what, what that's all about, because it's rail yards are supposed to be like abandoned now or something? Maybe abandoned. Maybe sometimes they'll put the bodies on there to, you know, 
hide the the real crime of what took oh, place yeah. and leaving them on the uh, leaving them on the tracks. I'm not sure. It's just uh, it's it's weird. Now, while we were talking about this, and I know you've been talking to Ian Punnett about it as well, and I and Ian's been on the show a couple of times, and I really really enjoy talking to him. I know you do as well. We were talking about some other stuff, but. Catherine and I went and saw Robert the Doll, and you went, oh, I have a Robert the Doll story. Really? I do. Uh, I was at a, an event in Florida called TapsCon, and it was a, a big paranormal conference centered around the Ghost Hunters TV show. And they had the entire staff of the Ghost Hunters there, and they had many different speakers, and I was one of the, the performers and, and speakers at the event. And right across from my table was Robert the Doll. They had him in a big glass Oh, yeah. sitting there yep. people were taking pictures all day and I, it was funny to watch the way people reacted i'm not catholic but i've gone to catholic church on a few occasions with family members and the way to watch the way people respond to saints and statues that's the way that they were walking up and, and interacting with this creepy looking sailor doll and I, I just watched this in amazement for the whole weekend and everybody asking permission and because i'm a skeptical believer which means I believe in the paranormal, but I don't buy into every story people tell. I went up and I started taking pictures of, of Robert without asking permission. Uh-oh. Because, as you know, that's part of the legend and lore. If you take his picture without permission, all kinds of bad stuff happens. Yep. Um, and uh, nothing happened. And then I got on my plane to uh, go home, and I opened up my picture folder to start flipping through my pictures of the weekend and all the great things I did and the people I met and and the celebrities that were there, and all of a sudden my complete folder of photos vanishes off my, my uh, phone while I'm holding it. Robert Ooh. did it. <laughs> right? Classic and I'm like, Bobby. I go, well, well, that was weird. And and the funny part was, the first picture I saw on it was Robert, and I thought, oh, yeah, Robert, and then my screen went black, and my photo envelope was gone. Creepy. So, was it paranormal? Was it user error? Was I, you know, possessed for a moment and erased it without knowing it? I don't know. Were you but drunk? it was, uh, it was definitely one of those, technology. Oh, definitely freaky and strange. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's what they say. They say, it, unless you ask Robert if it's, now this is a doll that's 115 years old. Uh, it's sitting in a fort, an abandoned fort in Key West, Florida. And he's in a glass case. The, the, the glass case is secure. There are alarms on it. So if anybody tries to take Robert, everybody's alerted and they know. Um, right. It's just weird because you, you look at the doll and he's sitting there and he's got his legs crossed or his feet crossed, actually. He's sitting there and he has a, a teddy bear. Uh it was my favorite episode of, of that the Amazon TV show Lore, by the way. I thought it was much better than the other ones. But, Alex, I think the problem that you have with the show, Alex does not like the show, and Dave, I know you're not a, a fan of it either. I've only seen one episode, and I didn't like that episode, so I can't. Yeah, the narration is not very good. That's the problem. You know, he, do, he does that. Well, Dave, how did you describe it uh, or, or... I, I describe it wonderfully as Amazon and Laura are one of our main advertisers on Beyond the Darkness. I personally enjoy the show, but well, I, I was... a lot of the listeners complained about the, uh, the, it, the, the narration. It's kind of like Christopher Walken's, you know, uh, version of narrating, but like slower and, and more bizarre. And that, that's about the biggest complaint I've heard and that it, it just runs a little slowly, the whole series. And, um, you know, I thought it was a fine show for what it was when you follow the podcast and then follow it over to the to the show. You know, it it's it's 
a visual representation of what you hear on lore. Actually, I, um, I and there watched, are a lot of great weird stories out there. Yeah, I watched every episode. Of, there are only six episodes on Amazon of lore, and I watched all six of them. I, I remember it's Ian Punnett that doesn't like lore. He does not like the narration at all. He said it sounds too much like the guy's hooking his thumbs and his suspenders and kind of telling a down-home story. <laughs> he didn't care much. Well, much that's what that. people find spooky nowadays. Yeah, they we're, do. We're back to the whole um, deliverance thing. Yeah, pretty much. But so you have... Yeah, but it's a, that, that is a weird episode, and, and he is one of the more chilling stories, which is weird, because, again, when you look at him, he looks like he's straight out of a horror movie. It's this faceless, canvassy doll. Yep. Yeah, he's right? creepy. And, yep. and it just... Very nondescript, and that has started a lot of, uh, you know, inspired a lot of horror movie uh, icons and stories to be spun around. But, I, yeah, I, it's, it's a cool part of their history, and it's a weird story, right? And to find it and that people buy into it, because, as you guys mentioned, right, there were letters from all around the world, all people around. writing oh, in yeah. to apologize. Oh, yeah, tons of them. Yeah. Catherine was reading them while we were there. I don't think you should be making fun of him. <laughs> we're not making fun of Rob. Now... No, not at all. I just, I, I can say, I mean, it's a, it's a bizarre, I, but I look at dolls all the time because people give me haunted dolls, dolls they don't want in their possession anymore because they believe them to have a spirit attachment. Oh, really? And when you look at some of these dolls, you think, well, what toy manufacturer thought this was a good design for a doll anyway? This is one of the creepiest looking characters I've ever seen. 18th century dolls are all really weird looking. 18th and 7th, or 19th century I mean, look at any doll from that era, all those old dolls. Right. They're all creepy. Yeah. I don't know why. They just gave them soulless stares and, yeah. Well, it's kind well of, yeah. there was. Uh, when they did the glass eyes, I know there was an old wives' tale that spirits could enter the world through the eyes of cats and through the eyes of dolls. Because <sighs> eyes are the, the window to the soul. So supposedly, sure. that's how some ghosts would be able to enter. So they didn't put glass eyes or glass doll eyes into these figures for a long time and then they started making baby dolls whose eyes would close at night to keep you safe at night from whatever might infest them we shall be right back you got a little more time dave uh yeah i've got about 10 more minutes i can give you sounds good we'll be right back tom bernard show hi this is tom if you spend any time at the lake you can relate to the pure joy of hanging out on the dock you family friends and the calm of the water if this sounds like heaven you're going to want to flow dock Flow docks are rock solid with double bracing to eliminate side-to-side sway. And get this, you can install, level, and remove your flow dock without even getting into the water. You see, Flow's passion to invent a better way to make life easier comes through in every product they make. Right down to Flow boat lifts that are quieter, faster, and effortless to install and use. Are you starting to see a pattern here? Flow is about making things easy, meaning you have more time to enjoy being at the lake. Isn't that why you go there in the first place? See for yourself why they say they've been perfecting leisure time since 1983. See them at F-L-O-E-I-N-T-L dot com. Flow docks and lifts. A better way. It's Tom telling you how easy it's been for me to lose weight on the Nutramost weight loss plan. I've started up another round at the new Nutramost Plymouth location, and those unwanted pounds are going fast. I've lost over 33 pounds. Nutramost is so easy, and they guarantee that you'll lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. There's no exercise, shots, drugs, prepackaged food, and I'm never hungry. Nutramost has helped me change my life, and I know they can help you, too. Nutramost of Plymouth is hosting a second free informational dinner, and I might uh, show up at it. Learn how to have success losing weight just like me. Neil Sheehy, Nutramost client and owner who played nine years in the NHL, 
and as an agent to some of the NHL's current top players, will be at the dinner. It's Monday, April 23rd, 6 p.m. at Jake's City Grill in Plymouth, located around the corner from Nutramost, just off Highway 55 and 494. Space is limited. Call 763-333-7337 to register. That's 763-333-7337. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Alex is in the studio. Mike Molina is in the studio. We got Catherine. We got Andy. Day, uh, Darkness Dave is on the phone. He's got about 10 more minutes he can spend with us. And I do want to talk... Yeah, the the Robert the Doll story, if, if you want to read up on it, is really fascinating. One quick question about Robert the Doll, then I want to talk more about uh, murderous Minnesota or whatever. whatever I don't we could like call this. It. You don't like what? Murder the serial killer situation. Well, it's in the third hour anyway, so you wouldn't be. Ugh. You'll be fine. Don't worry about it. No, I don't want to know. I'm talking to you like this, as a matter of fact. No, thanks for that. Um... Stop that. Do you know, Dave, if the if it's true? Because in lore, um, well, it all depends on what you're reading up on Robert the Doll or or on the Ghost Tour in Key West or whatever. In lore, they say that 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 uh, um, is it Eugene. It was Robert Eugene Otto, right? So Gene yeah. didn't use the name Robert. He gave his first name to the doll. Because his the kid's real first name was Robert, but he went by Gene. The doll went by Robert. Did Gene's wife actually set fire to the doll? Do we know? You know, from what I remember, I thought that there was an attempt to burn it, or it was in a fire, but it survived, and that was like one of the only things that didn't burn. I, I'm trying to remember now. I've heard so many different versions of the story at this point. I don't remember which one they claim is the actual mm-hmm. factual truth. Yeah, because looking at the doll, there are no burn marks on it or anything like that. It looks, I tell you what, if you looked at that doll, you'd never know that doll is 115 years old. No. No way. It's not yellowed. It's not weird looking. It's weird. I think I remember in the podcast. Like Carol Channing. What else? I think I remember in the podcast, he had to bring Robert the doll with him everywhere because if he tried to leave him behind, Robert would like show up in his dreams and haunt him and all this stuff. And so he got married mm. as an adult and he's like, okay, I'll bring Robert and we'll put him in the attic in a box and whatever. And one night, the his, his wife walked into the kitchen and Robert was sitting in the middle of the kitchen with knives surrounding him. Yeah, with a butcher knife, right? Yeah, and right. he had been in a box in the attic for like, you know, because the guy was like, oh my gosh, this doll won't leave me alone. I guess I have to bring him everywhere with me. And so Robert got all pissed. Mm-hmm. And Why wouldn't you just destroy it? He tried they to tried burn to destroy it. it. That's tried to burn not the only way burn. to destroy it. Well, Put it in a shredder or something, wheat thresher. It's The other, a lot of the other issue, try. according... According to the paranormal, is if you destroy the vessel, it frees the soul or it frees yeah. the attachment, which can then latch onto you or Ooh. latch onto whoever's around there. So that's part of the reason that they don't do that. But there are binding ceremonies and and other things. It's kind of like Annabelle, the original doll from uh, The Conjuring. Um, it's a giant Raggedy Ann doll, which I always get a kick out of. People are like, "That's not even the actual doll. Why didn't they use the real doll?" And I said, I, I, "I'm willing to bet the company that's the parent company of Raggedy Ann and Andy doesn't want their doll." looking like a murderous creature <laughs> yeah. in the movie. <laughs> exactly. So they had to kind of take some 
some liberties in that yeah. creation. But, um, yeah, it's binding, and, and there are some other ways to do that. And um, technically, that's what they've done now, right? I mean, Robert's on display, and he's been able to be separated from people without all hell breaking loose. That's exactly it. He sits in his glass case in that, in that old Civil War fort. It's actually a very cool building, didn't you think, Kathy? Yeah, it yeah. is. Six-foot walls. Yeah, six, six, foot six thick, to eight sorry. feet thick. Yeah, yeah, they're six to eight feet thick. It's, it's like unbelievable. six-foot walls. But... That's not that high. <laughs> no, 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 well, six so feet thick. Well, actually, to tell you the truth, the ceilings were low. Yeah. And the ceilings were very low, yes. <laughs> Alex, what you're saying is you didn't want me to get you the replica doll of Robert for the new baby that I bought? Yeah. <laughs> I'm set. We're, we're good. You know, Thanks, though. I was all I was all set to, you know, think that the doll was creepy looking because, you know, of all, it's a ghost tour, blah, blah, blah. You hear all this stuff. And I really wasn't creeped out by the doll, personally. I understand. I don't know. It just looked like the doll. It just didn't freak Did you me take out. his picture without asking his permission? Of course I asked permission. You think I'm crazy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really creeped out by the doll, but I still asked his permission. I'm polite. Well, I'm not going to. I forgot you've got Minnesota nights. I like to hedge my bets. Yeah, well, it's not a bad idea. <laughs> I, uh, the, the thing that did, Dave, I'll tell you, the thing about the doll that shocked me was it does not look anywhere near as old as it is. No. That was well, the weird you, part. you also have to think about the fact that it probably was not a loved doll. It wasn't like it was, you know, dragged around to the playground and, and right. played with. It was probably right. brought with and sat there. And, you know, when you, when you think about what it's really like, it's probably, you know, trying to avoid, uh, you know, trying to, trying to get it dirty and make it mad if they were really that worried about it. Yeah, that makes total sense. The, yeah, that makes complete sense. Um, now, as far as uh, that, Dave and I talk a lot off the show. Uh, Dave will call me or I'll call Dave. And, and, uh, and again, the story came up. For people who didn't hear the interview, I, I, I talked to Ian Punnett, who's a very, very bright man. He's written, what, four or five books now, something like that. He's an Episcopal yeah. deacon. I mean, the guy's yeah, a hell of a radio show, too. Uh, he did a hell of a radio show. He's a, he's a radio guy. Um, but I was talking to him about the day that I found out that my Uncle Augie had been murdered. And and I didn't realize until after I was talking to him about this, Alex, I, I didn't, have you heard anything about this at all? Maybe. Continue. All right, so we had one of those old princess phones that would hang on the wall. And for some reason was hanging on the wall in the living room. I don't know why they ever put the phone there, but those old old princess phones were kind of shaped like a kind of half shell, I guess. I don't know how to describe them. But I was, I was home, and it was only my mother and me at home, as far as I can remember, because I was 12 or 13. I think I had just turned... 13 I think um, but we were I was at home with my mother and my mother was in the kitchen and the phone rang and she answered the phone and she went mm, hello like she always used to and then she kind of screamed and said what and then she screamed again and dropped the phone now since the base of the phone was hanging on the wall and the, the phone was on a cord it swung back and forth and back and forth and back and forth Till finally, it stops swinging, obviously. It's going to come, you know, it's going to lose its inertia, and it, and, and it stopped swinging, and it just hung there. And it was kind of weird, and I asked my mother, what's the problem? And she said, somebody murdered Augie, who was her youngest brother. And I said, what? She said, Augie's dead. Somebody killed him. And we never did find out who killed him, 
there was speculation about who killed him, a guy named whose last name was Iverson. There's speculation that that was the case. But I, it struck me that very moment that we own five or six or seven grandfather clocks and nobody else in my family owns a grandfather clock. And I wondered if there was a connection between watching that thing swing back and forth and, and then just coming to a, to a stop, why I have such a fascination. And it's me. It's not Catherine. I have a fascination with grandfather clocks, with pendulum clocks. And nobody else Ooh. in the family does. It's, it's weird. Right. So you, yeah, that that may have imprinted on you very heavily. Mm, I mean, who yeah. wouldn't be by that kind of news? What were you going to say, Kathy? I just was wondering what you, uh, why you would want uh, subconsciously, if it's a subconscious thing, why you would want that in your house. I think it's because the pendulum always swings; it doesn't stop. I think that might be what it is that that it doesn't come to us now. That's what, you'll notice that every morning I wind the clock, and again, I didn't notice this until after I was talking to Ian Punnett about it. I didn't notice that I did that, that I make sure the clock is wound. And as a matter of fact, when we, we travel and I get home and the grandfather clocks have stopped, mm-hmm. it bothers me a lot. Yes, it does. And we actually have a grandfather clock in our, in our downstairs on the first floor that the pendulum fell off of, and we have to get it fixed, and it drives me nuts that we haven't gotten it fixed yet. All I have to say is, I don't know. It's just. Do you think it's because psychologically? Because I was such a young boy. I was just. I had. I had literally just become a man, and watching that thing swing back and forth, and my mother screaming in the background, finding out my my uncle, who was you know, my favorite uncle. Augie was. I mean, he was a booze hound. Let's not kid ourselves. And he did have a woman who drove him everywhere, and he never had a job. So, I always wondered where my uncle Augie made his money, but. Not that he had a lot of money, but how did you make enough money to survive if you never worked? And how is it that this woman drove you everywhere, you know? Um, yeah. So I just think it hit, it hit me, and I didn't realize until now, all these years later, the reason I love grandfather clocks is probably because they don't stop moving. Yeah, that's very, very possible, and especially I think it's more telling that you get so affected when it stops moving. I don't like it when it stops moving. I know, and I, I never noticed right. why before, but, but after having these discussions with you and with Ian and all, you know, that's what it is. I love it watching and hearing that ticking, you know, the ticking of the grandfather, because they have that, this very low tone tick to them. I love that. So, I don't know. We're going to kind of look into that. Maybe I should have a psychologist on the show and say, and he'll just say, well, your father was nuts, so so are you. <laughs> Do you think that's going to be his answer? Could be. You never know. Well, there's always that risk, Tom. There's <laughs> always that risk. About, well, it's very simple to answer, Tom. Uh, your dad was crazy, and so are you. But thanks for having me on <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's See, that stuff, and I think, Dave, it's your fault because you brought all the stuff my way. So now I begin to notice these things, and I blame I blame you. So I want you to know that that's all right. Hey, man, we're 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 always we always need to be educating ourselves on something, right? So you're either growing on the vine or you're dying. So it's a good thing to always be pushed outside your boundaries and your comfort zone and be learning new stuff. That's exactly it. Joe from Louisville just sent a sent a text message uh, talking about the fact there's no money in telling people there are serial killers out there. There's just no money in it. Uh, oh, there's plenty of money in it for for the news. I think it's more along the lines of of 
police not necessarily knowing how to capture them. And, and right. then the other problem right. you run into on the police side is if they start releasing too much information, then you've got a lot of people that go out and start looking for the bodies and start tainting the evidence and the crime scenes. So I, I think that there's a lot of reasons why it doesn't. Um, but, that, you know, and sometimes they're as disturbing as why uh, there is coverage, you know, I mean, or, and when these crimes take place. Um, but there's there's so many bizarre stories throughout Minnesota that have really kind of caught my attention. And I did a few weeks back, and, and this is what got you and I talking about it. I said, Tom, I think there's something to this. You know, I spent right. an hour talking about the we- Weepy Voice Killer yep. with this very nice gentleman, Don Allen, who, who, who was kind of the host of that episode on um, uh, TV that I watched about this. And it started to unfold even more. And I had talked to you. I said, maybe, you know, if you're interested, we could start to take a look at this case from different angles and talk to people nobody's ever talked to before. His nephew, the serial killer's nephew, wrote to me twice after the interview and gave me a lot of amazing insights that nobody's really talked about regarding his, his uncle and why his uncle was the way he was. Um, Don, Don is friends with a woman who actually dated the guy. So there's, there's these connections. Caroline Lowe, the reporter from CCO, she has got some insights. She was one of the last people to see him alive, um, the, the serial killer. So there's some really interesting aspects, but I've been putting it together, and I, I think we might have like a 10 to 12-week run of, of talking about this case and all the different angles and aspects of it, and the fact that uh, what we know may not be the end of the story. There, There is still some people out there that have not been claimed that I think may have a connection to this killer, and uh, it's, it's fascinating. The more I peel this back, the more information keeps kind of funneling into me. It's really bizarre. Well, here's a bit of information because this struck me, and I didn't mention this to Catherine because I wanted to do it when you were on the phone. When we were visiting Robert the Doll at the, Mm -hmm. I think it's uh, East Martell is the name of the, the, there's a West Martell and East, I think it's Marcel or Martell. But in the room where Robert the Doll is encased and all the letters are there, there are, there's a tombstone. Remember the tombstone? Yep. You remember the woman's remember the remember the woman's name on the tombstone? This is so so coincidental because Dave, you just brought this up to me last week, like a day. I think we were leaving for West Palm Beach, or excuse me, we're leaving for Key West. That's where we're going. And I talked to you. The woman's name on the tombstone next to Robert is Caroline Lowe. Oh, that's (laughs) right. Oh, jeez. Whoa. That's weird. Isn't that bizarre? By coincidence, the woman, the tombstone next to Robert Stahl's encasement is Caroline Lowe. Like, oh, my God. So we're going to look further into this stuff. It's going to be a lot of fun to do it. There are so many things that you guys have never heard of that have happened. And just to find out why they happened, what drove them. Like Andy said, something happened to that guy with the tree branches when he was a kid. We're going to try to find these things out because it's going to be fascinating to do. Dave, thanks for calling in, pal. And we'll talk to you tomorrow, correct? Yep, I will see you guys in studio tomorrow. Thank you, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot. We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show. Tom Bernard here. If you're ready to sell your home, you've probably heard that you should wait until spring. But why wait for temperatures to rise when the market is hot right now? Not selling in winter is a total myth. Truth is, buyers are hungry. And while other sellers and real estate agents hibernate, the Chris Lindahl team is selling homes like hotcakes. Chris has done a great job. We have our house on the market with Chris right now, as a matter of fact. And the video he did is amazing. The Chris Lindahl team is America's number one REMAX results team for a reason. They play to win, and they've got the skilled players to sell your home fast. In fact, 
They sell a home on average every nine hours for over the MLS average. Don't wait until spring to sell your home. Call the Chris Lindahl team at 763-401-SOLD. That's 763-401-SOLD. The first two callers will get a free staging package. This is a huge value, and it's only going to the first two Tom Bernard Show callers from this ad. That's 763-401-SOLD. Call now, get the free staging package, and grab the opportunity before winter is over. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. When you call Sabre for service, you'll get a certified technician that's an expert at diagnosing, repairing, and installing heating and air conditioning equipment. Sabre Techs give you the service you need, not the other stuff that you don't need. When you combine that with Sabre's A rating for customer service and the best equipment from Bryant, you get exactly what you need. So make the call to Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning today. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. My boyfriend's back and you're gonna be in trouble. Hey, la, hey, la, my boyfriend's when back. When you see him coming, better cut out on the double. Hey, la, hey, la, my boyfriend's back. You've been spreading lies. Is that your boyfriend, Kostaki? Is that who it is? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a, such a spooky character as Kostaki the doll? <laughs> Not likely. Kostaki, <laughs> terrifying. Do you know anything about Robert the doll? Robert the doll? No. Yeah, there's. A, we've been talking about it on the show quite a bit. There's a doll. Catherine and I went to, on vacation down to Key West, and there's a doll down there. It's 115 years old, and there was a there was a TV show about it on Amazon on Lore, and Robert the doll. Uh, the actual doll is encased in glass, and you can look at it. It doesn't look anywhere near as old as it is, and you have to ask the doll's permission to take its picture, or it will haunt you. <laughs> what do you think of that action? That's a funny legend. You but know, I Tom, did. when you first mentioned it today about Robert the doll, I thought you said Robert Duvall. <laughs> Yeah, Robert Duvall. Yeah, me too. Very scary, Robert Duvall. He's encased in glass. I was like, I thought he's still alive. Yeah, Robert Duvall's encased in glass. You have to ask his permission to take it. He might punch you if you don't ask him. It's true. But I didn't know this about Key. We'd never been to Key West before. Never, right? Oh, great. And the, the, the ghost tour on the trolley at night is really cool, and that's where you see Robert the doll. And Catherine actually asked permission to take his picture, well, so she has it. I don't want to be haunted. But I did not know this. There used to be a huge Greek population in Key West uh, sponge diving. I was just going to say, sponge divers, yeah, What's yeah? up with you guys and holding your breath? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently... <laughs> Key West is great. It's such it a is. cool mix of it is. locals and tourists and mm-hmm. street performers and gays and drunks and poets and cruise nice. ship passengers. It's cool. It is very cool. We, we we really enjoyed it. We we liked it a lot, as a matter of fact. But, yeah, the red tide came in and killed all the sponges, and that's why the Greeks all moved up to Tarpon Springs. Yep. Poor sponges. Oh, Fast. I didn't know that. That's yes. interesting. See, every time you listen to the Tom Bernard Show, you learn something. Infotainment, Tom. Infotainment. That's exactly it. What's going on with you, Kostaki? Ah, <laughs> uh, I'm. Uh, we got some big news. Wow, uh, really? My wife is pregnant. What? Oh, the greatest. Congratulations. Congratulations. How about that? So we are hustling around and uh, thinking about maybe moving, and uh, we're going to sign up for some classes and moving doing all the things you do to get ready. It's very exciting. You mean moving inside the city somewhere? Yeah, 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 most likely. Although we have considered moving a little further, but I think we're going to stay here. 
Unbelievable. Wait till you start looking. You might change your mind. <laughs> now, aren't you and Tony Randall the only two guys who are 70 years old that got a woman pregnant? That's funny. <laughs> that hurts a little. That hurts a that little. Hurts. It does not. <laughs> not I have wonderful. Tom Griswold as my, uh, you know, the other one. <laughs> Tom Griswold, that's right. Tom I, uh, Griswold has a young kid. He's in his 60s. <laughs> I I did not know the other young kid. Tom Griswold's from Bob and Tom, right? Yeah, the Bob yeah. and Tom he's show. Got, he's got kids in college, and he has a, a young. Kid. He's got every age in between. Yeah, all well, the way, all I the did, way through. Really, I did not know that. I had no yeah. idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, see, good. He for loves you. kids and dogs. He's got lots of both. But you are not in your sixties. <laughs> we should point that out. No, no, I'm in my 40s, but yes. still, I'll be in my 60s when the kid leaves high, you know, leaves high school. So I have been daydreaming. Like, you know how some parents have to be both the mother and father, you know, single parents. I, I yeah. figure I have to be the father and grandfather to this kid. <laughs> <laughs> At least you're not James E. Smith, who had his first child at 102. <laughs> what? What? Yep. There you go. Oh. At that point, it's like, oh, why even goodness. bother? And he had twin daughters. Lord. When he was a hundred. Twin daughters. Yep. When he was a hundred. How, how old was the mom? How old was the mom? Thirty-eight. Was she blind? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know what the deal with that is. Is this story? All right, you're off the hook, That's Mick a, Jagger. Uh, yeah. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> <That's a> little... <laughs> exactly. Yeah, by comparison, I'm a spring chicken. These, these really stories are, are crazy. Strom Thurmond is the other one I always think of. Yeah, Strom Thurmond. Yeah. <laughs> I think Strom Thurmond became a dad at one point when he was 70. Oh, Tony and Randall, 78. Yeah, as I said, Tony Randall. With his 28-year-old Tony wife. Randall is the gold standard, yeah. Yeah, he is the gold standard. Yikes. Well, congratulations. <laughs> There's nothing quite like having children. No doubt about it. Yeah. It's a wonderful yeah, yeah. thing. Well, except for Andy and Alex. I... <laughs> Maybe yeah. someday I'll get them all into the family business like you did, Tom. Yeah, exactly. Cool. It'll all work out in the end. Have the kids running around writing football jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and if that fails, go. there's always sponge diving. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> well, not anymore. Out of a shot. Oh. I don't think there's a big market for actual sponges anymore. Really? No, we all use synthetic sponges. I didn't know. I thought They're there'd cheaper. be a yeah. huge market for sponges. They were talking about that in Key West. I guess it's you have to use a lot of chemicals to get them to oh, not this, smell. Yeah, they smell so Oh, yeah, because they're alive. So... Yeah. Other than that, though, so is that why you called yep. in Kostaki is to talk sponges or? <laughs> no, let's talk about Kirk Cousins. Let's do that. That's big news in your part of the world, right? I just don't understand the difference between Case Keenum and Kirk Cousins. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. On, yeah. I mean, if you just look at the stats from this year, I mean, arguably Case had the better year. He did. Um, yeah, I like Case. I agree. I don't know. I, think um, Zimmer, I don't think Zimmer didn't like him, and that was the whole shooting match. But it is possible that we look back in a few years and go, "Oh, that was Case's career year." Yeah, I could mean, be. could be. He hasn't proven it over time the way Kurt has. So You're right. I understand that. You're they right. signed Cousins to a huge three-year deal, eighty-four million guaranteed. Oh. Usually, the Vikings only guarantee sadness. So this is a nice. Uh, <laughs> what are you talking directly uh, to me? <laughs> Honest to God, they tear my subconscious. They've been tearing my heart out since I was nine years old. Oh. And as a matter of fact, on the ghost tour in Key West, uh, they said, "Hey, is anybody here for the first time?" And for, you know, four of us raised our hands: Catherine and me, and another couple. 
well, where are you from? The first couple. Uh, we're from Philadelphia. Oh. Well, where are you from? I'm like, oh, great. We're from Minnesota. <laughs> and, of course, Philadelphia. And we hate you. Yep. Philadelphia destroyed That's hilarious. Minnesota. Oh, it's just it's, horrible. It just follows you around. It yeah. does. That's it great. And has for my entire life. I'd like you to yep. know that. Me too, brother. Me too. <laughs> God, Atlanta's the same story. Same story. Uh, well, at least the baseball teams each won the World Series, so that's good. Yes. Yeah, eventually, right? Didn't, Didn't we win one against you guys? Was that no? We won one Ken against Herbeck? you. Yeah, let's get it straight. Yeah. So the Twins. <laughs> oh, okay. Twins beat Atlanta. I don't know. What, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm not a baseball guy. Yeah, you're not a baseball guy. You love football. That's true. I saw this. One report said uh, Kirk Cousins, uh, the Jets offered him $90 million for the same three years. So he basically paid $6 million not to play for the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> I don't wish to play here. <laughs> He's the $6 million not a Jet man. <laughs> yeah, I Meanwhile, don't. all of your three quarterbacks from last year signed deals elsewhere. Minnesota was handing out quarterbacks like they're Oprah. You get a quarterback with a bad knee. You get a quarterback <laughs> with a bad knee. Well, that's true. Where did uh, so, so did Teddy end up with the Jets? Teddy signed as a Jet. Poor Teddy. First the knee, now the Jets. That's, that's brutal. Good God. I, I, I still maintain that would have been a good nickname for Ted Kennedy. Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> oh. oh. Hey, they got that movie coming out next week. Oh, what is it? Chappaquiddick. Oh, I didn't know that was coming out next week already. Ooh, I can't wait to see that. Does it <laughs> show a him fun run- story to revisit. Does he show him running away and letting the woman drown and not trying to help her? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what happened. Stumbling around. I, I wasn't around for the, you know, I mean, I was around, but I wasn't paying attention to politics of that phase of my life. I'm actually kind of interested in that story. Actually, I remember uh, when that happened. I actually said to myself, someday Teddy Kennedy will make Donald Trump look good. <laughs> By comparison. At least you never drown a woman and just took off like a coward. That we know of. Oh, that's true. That we, that we know of. <laughs> Would it really surprise any of us? That was really cold. Teddy Bridgewater or the Lion of the Senate. One of the two. <laughs> the Lion of the Senate. That no. was a drunken bum. I love the Lion of the Senate. Whatever. <laughs> So Teddy went to the Jets. Sam Bradford is a Cardinal. He said his knee is not an issue. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. And uh-huh. Netflix was not an issue for Blockbuster. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> his knee's not an issue. I think he mispronounced, my knee has no tissue. <laughs> There's nothing left in there. <laughs> oh. It's, let's amazing. face it, Sam Bradford gets hurt more than Jennifer Aniston. That's, uh, that's a pretty high bar. <laughs> oh, oh, the broken. It might be her own fault, though, let's be honest. <laughs> At this point, yeah. yeah. Bradford's knee is like a crystal vase at Mike Tyson's house. It's just a matter of time. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Bradford should buy Kaepernick's knee. Cap's not using it, and we know he's got at least one good one, right? Dang, he could take <laughs> one. <laughs> If only we could meld uh, Bradford and Kaepernick. Bradford from the waist up, Cap from the waist down. That's a great quarterback, right? I like it. And the other two, ha- the other two halves can meld and limp to a congressional hearing somewhere and get some <laughs> stuff done there too. Win-win. <laughs> I wonder if it's too late for Sam Bradford to get Stephen Hawking's knees. That would be an upgrade, though. Oh, <laughs> the, the Simpsons said that uh, bid farewell to old Stephen Hawking. Yeah, it was very sad to see. 
Yeah, I agree. Stephen flying through the air, and his, he had a flying wheelchair in that episode. Yeah, he was on The Simpsons a few times. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, in, in what capacity he one, could be. Yeah. <laughs> Case Keenum is a Bronco. Yep. I don't know if you saw yep. this clip. When John Well Elway introduced him at the press conference, he mispronounced his name. Oh, no. It's not Economopolis. It's Keenum. Come on. <laughs> hey, well, doing? that's true. Well, I, I anyone can stumble over a name, but the sad part is Elway introduced him as Case Second Choice. I thought, well, oh. that's not nice. Oh, the Denver Broncos! I think owning the Denver Broncos is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Well, explain to me why it isn't. <sighs> you just don't understand football, Marge. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's all okay. men. All men talking to all women. Yes, that's exactly what it <laughs> that is right there. funny. That show is still to this day hilarious. It, Wonderful. It will, it, holds up. it will be around forever. We'll be long gone, and that show will still be you know, embraced by another generation, another generation. I hope you're right. It's like a time capsule. It's great. It is. Al Franken, though, still unsigned. Not every Minnesota player got a job. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you start another radio network that would fail, like Air America. <laughs> what a disaster. You that know, Franken did get some interest from a touch football league, so that's something. <laughs> you know, I love how the way you're working around me today. I like that. It takes a lot of talent. I'm trying to stay on point. <laughs> you, know, you know what I think? I think that maybe, is it my phone or your phone? Like, it's hard for us to talk at the same time. You know, as a Greek, I, I need that in a conversation, right? <laughs> yeah, I understand. I understand completely. <laughs> I remember when, when I was a kid, my dad would call Greece, and I felt like both sides of the conversation just talked at the same time so they could hang up and save money on the call. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good memory. <laughs> it was pricey to call back in those days. Call. I mean, now yeah. it's easy, but. Collect call from Bob, we ought to baby eats a boy. <laughs> That's right. What is that from? That was a ten, ten, two, twenty, or whatever ad. One of those, you know, things. You, you, you oh, dial ten, ten, two, twenty instead of having to, you know, oh, s- right. scam it via right. collect calls or whatever. Yeah, I remember using ten, ten, two, twenty all the time, uh, calling my friends when I was in Florida. Yes, that's, that's great news for us. Yeah, there was a comic way back in the day that did a bit about that back in the collect call era. You know, some some version of that. You know. Uh, could you tell her I am bowling is calling, and uh, I would like to speak to will be late. Some, some <laughs> <laughs> oh, whatever works. That's all I know. So NFL free agency has been nutty. It's it's fun to have a little island of NFL football in the off season. Mm-hmm. Um, all the news and everything. A lot of players are leaving the Seahawks. More people have left Seattle lately than the White House. That's, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot, man. <laughs> that's like a, they're getting out of a clown car. It's it's like Angelina Jolie <laughs> dropping off her kids at daycare. It's a lot of people leaving. <laughs> it's, it's like a Doug Stanhope show for Mormons. A lot of people leaving. Oh, yeah. Doug Stanhope for Mormons would not work. <laughs> I think Richard Sherman is the most famous departure from Seattle since Kurt Cobain. Uh, you know, oh, that was a quick departure. That was a quick takeout. <laughs> Sherman's better than Cobain at defending the shotgun. Though, oh, so you gotta give that. oh, man. <laughs> you worked hard for that one. I give it to you. 
It was 1994. I was I, when I was writing that joke. I was like, "What year is this from?" Like, <laughs> it seems forever. Well, it was forever. Is, is it far enough ago that we could laugh about this yet? I don't yeah, know. 24 Debatable. years, quite a while. Yeah. I was daydreaming a reunion in my head with Richard Sherman and his former coach Dan Quinn for a Falcons Super Bowl run, right? But my brother pointed out that Sherman would probably just burn Atlanta. Oh, Again. Here we go. <laughs> oh, God. You thought the 94 joke was old. Civil War, baby. <laughs> go back to the Civil War for a joke. That's great. <laughs> Sherman, he might be one of the greatest cornerbacks of all time, and he's got a giant mouth. It's a shame they make him wear a face mask. He could have twice the interceptions, you know. Just right in his mouth. Let him, let him do his thing. I like it. The Seahawks did sign uh, Barkevius Mingo. No real news here. I just like saying that name. That is the <laughs> best name in the NFL. Did he ever do anything? He really hasn't that no. I know of. No. He's a big athletic kid, though. I mean, I don't know if he had some... Maybe he's been playing fine. He's just been under the radar. Well, yeah, he plays for the Browns. Like (laughs) Yeah, well, that's true. It's a good point. That makes it harder to be noticed. I've got a timely joke. Sherman's got the build of an Ottoman, but the elbows of a Prussian. (laughs) 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 Boy, look at the time. (laughs) That's all I have to say. You trying to outdo me on my Civil War comedy there? <laughs> Get older than that, however old that yeah, is. Even older. <laughs> Got to write Socrates jokes or something. Uh, um, you mentioned the Browns. Tyrod Taylor named starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, which is, of course, like being named the world's oldest man. No one holds that title for very long. <laughs> True. <laughs> Tyrod Taylor's basically a camp counselor in a Friday the 13th movie, walking into a dark basement like, don't go in there. No, it doesn't end well. Never. Uh, And speaking of Cleveland, Johnny Manziel got married this month. I saw that. Congrats, Johnny. No one thought you would ever get a ring, but you did. (laughs) Ooh, that's cold. So remember, Browns fans, no matter how disappointed you are in Johnny Manziel, just know that somewhere out there, there's a father-in-law who's got who's got you beat. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed that one myself. Yeah. Um, and I would lose my comedy card if I didn't mention this subject. Uh, O.J. Simpson said Colin Kaepernick disrespected the flag. Okay. Well, if that's not the pot calling the kettle a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> I like that joke. (laughs) You never want to be on the other side of an issue from O.J. Simpson. That's when you need to reassess your point of view on things, I think. How can he, like, go around doing things? Wouldn't he be constantly mobbed by people at this point? He's got to be one of the, like, the most famous living Americans. You would think. It's true. And every yeah. I feel like every month or so, there's some story about him. You know, a month or so ago, he was in a bar rooting for the Bills or something. Yeah. He's wearing a jersey. What, what is he doing? <laughs> <laughs> no one knows. He's acting like nothing happened. <laughs> I no guess, you know, like he was a guy who loved the camera and the celebrity culture. I mean, I guess you want to return to that as much yeah, as you can definitely. if you have that option i don't know it's crazy to me that he's 
whatever that you would pose for. I can't, I'm try, I was trying to think, like, if I'm in a bar and O.J. Simpson is there, do I want a picture with O.J. Simpson? No. <laughs> I guess I do. I don't. <laughs> I do not. Of course, I grew uh, up with a, a lot of I murderers. don't know. It's a, it's a cultural, he's a cultural icon, you yeah. know, like it or not. Well, yeah, but then they can look at the picture and say, we placed you at the bar on Tuesday at 8.30 p.m. with O.J. Simpson. <laughs> Ooh. Do you have an alibi? An accomplice to murder from a selfie. Yeah, what if he kills someone like 15 minutes after he takes the photo? Then what are you going to do? You're going to be implicated. Huh? Think about it. Tom, do you, Tom, do you remember that scene from Trial and Error when uh, they're doing the house visit and John Lithgow, who's not into football, comes down and he's like, I only had one jersey and it's an O.J. Simpson jersey and he's on trial right. for killing his wife? I do remember that. I, I love that show. Trial and Error, is, is that, it is coming back. Yeah. yeah. I believe so, yes. God, I love that show. I think it's hilarious. Did you ever watch that show, Kostaki? <laughs> No, I don't even I don't even know what that is. Where was that? It was on it was a summer replacement or spring <laughs> replacement or whatever however it was. And in in the show, John Lithgow is accused of murdering his wife by throwing her through a plate glass window. <laughs> and then it also turns out that he's bisexual. And there he lives in a place called what, East Peck, Carolina? Yeah. Yeah. Is it East Peck, South Carolina or something? Yeah. And the name of the high school team, of course, is the East Peck Peckers. <laughs> Okay, that's the, the East Peck Peckers, and he's cheering for the football team, and the guy comes up and he goes, well, I didn't know this. How long have you been a Pecker fan? And Lithgow says, well, I was 19 years old, and we were taking a shower with the tennis team. <laughs> I was... Uh, it was phenomenal. It's it's a it's a phenomenal show. If you get a chance to watch, fresh from Key West, Tom Bernard. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you got to watch it. If you get a chance, watch it because it's well worth watching. I mean, it's uh, okay. Brilliant. That's a good note. You got the okay. New York Jewish like lawyer in the South, the Jewish lawyer in the South, and then you got the receptionist yeah. who cannot remember stuff, and she's got about five different personalities. Five, exactly. Oh, Kostaki, you'd like that because one of the guys, you know, again, it's South Carolina, so he says to the lawyer, you're a, a New Yorker, aren't you? And every time he says New Yorker, he makes this big nose thing. He's calling him a Jew by calling him a New Yorker. <laughs> this redneck jerk from the South. Well, you're a New Yorker. Is your wife a, a New Yorker? <laughs> It's very good. Huh. Not to mention, they got the lead detective who was also a hick, and his name is Dwayne Reed, just like all the drugstores in New York. Yeah. Like, like the drugstores in New York, Dwayne Reed, exactly. <laughs> all right, young man. So now that you've broken my heart by bringing up the Vikings. Uh, You're going to be fine. Your team improved this year. This is good. We you had a good see. team, and they're better. Kirk Cousins has never proven anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, you know, the the NFL uh, GMs think he has. That's why he keeps getting these giant contracts. I everywhere. know. I don't understand it, and I will never understand it as long as I. Where live. would you rank him? Current NFL quarterbacks. What number do you give him? Twenty. Really? Yeah, he's he's never done anything. Yeah, I I think he's not top ten, but he's somewhere in that you know next tier. 
All right. But, Tw- yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, I agree. It's, there's a big range here. So. Huge. But I, on paper, he's a better quarterback than Keenum, you know, as far as experience and what the numbers show. And we'll see. Kind of rooting for Keenum, too, though. I hope they both do well. No, I understand. I understand completely. What do you, so are you going to pop in, like, once a month and say hello? Yeah, if you'll have me, I'll call you after the draft. That's about a month away. No, I never and, want to uh, talk to you again. What do you mean, if you'll have me? <laughs> What the hell is that? He's being mean? gracious. Me. I'm very. I'm from the South, Tom. I'm yes. super polite. Yes. Oh, I don't want to presume. I always thought you were a uh, New Yorker. <laughs> 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 uh, great. Uh, you know the New York story. Before I go, this is this is so New York. When Ava was a toddler, I had her on my shoulders, and we're literally walking down the street in December, and she said, "Christmas lights." And I said, yeah, that's how you know it's almost Christmas. And I said, how else do you know it's almost Christmas? And she said, dreidels. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the dreidel. Absolutely. Very famous Christmas. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's true. It is true. That's how you know. It's almost Christmas. It's you almost see dreidels every year. <laughs> hey, you know, whatever works. Whatever works for you, fine with me. That is a true story. That's how you know you're bringing up a kid in the Jewish part of town. Cradles. <laughs> <laughs> They're everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> good right, good start to Holy Christmas. Week, Kostaki. Thank you. There you go. That's right. It is, it's Holy Week. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Catherine's That's birthday, right. Holy Week, the whole shooting match. All right. Happy Passover, everybody. You, you as well. <laughs> Always a pleasure, sir. Thank you. And congrats. Pleasure's mine, guys. Go Vikings. And take the Atlanta Falcons with you. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show.